Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. This episode is my monthly conversation with fellow MVP Norm Young on the latest in collaboration insights and automation, talking today about Microsoft's Project Sophia research tool, Copilot updates, and more. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. My guest today is Norm Young, a Microsoft MVP and a senior strategic consultant at AvPoint. Welcome, Norm. Thank you, Christian. Great to be back again for another discussion about all things AI, insights, and automation. Lots going on. There's always, you know, it's it's funny the way that we we do these. Um, you know, sometimes there's a few uh, news articles. There's some updates that kind of uh, uh, pop up, and I'll open as a tab, and I'll leave it open, or I'll put in the notes in OneNote for our conversation. And it's interesting. You brought something that to the table. I've got a few things, and uh, so. So sometimes for this is our like our monthly discussion, roughly a monthly discussion mm-hmm. on insights and automation. I wasn't sure exactly this morning what we we're going to talk about, but quickly pulling together the notes, like this is a this is a great topic. I'm excited to talk about. It. We're focusing today on Project Sophia, uh, the latest Copilot updates. Of course, we have in this era, we are mm-hmm. going to always talk about Copilot. And some more industry news. So maybe we begin at the beginning. Uh, Microsoft Project Sophia, which is a, it's still in preview, isn't it? Officially, yeah, it's, yeah. it's preview. And you know, when you were just mentioning, what are we going to talk about today? And you know, it's like, what can't you talk about today if you're in this space and trying to follow along, like? The trickle of like Copilot AI news like last year is now a tsunami and there's just too much to pick from. And so the large wash of information that came across my beach included a link over to Project Sophia. And this is something that we'll put in the the show notes, but Project Sophia is this new... I'm, I'm... Stuck for words already. Let me read the the description of it as it depends. So Microsoft Project Sophia is an AI-powered business research canvas designed to help users solve complex cross-domain business problems and enables users to interact with data in new ways, discover insights, and answer strategic questions that drive better outcomes. Okay, so... Obviously, you're more coherent than I am at this. Well, I'm, just, I'm just reading. I asked <laughs> Copilot to define Project Sophia, and that's what it produced. <laughs> so we all have our own ways of learning. And one of the things that works well for me is just jumping in and start moving the, the knobs and dials and pushing buttons to see what this thing actually does. And it it reminds me of Loop. It reminds me of OneNote. It reminds me of Jupyter Notebooks, if you've ever done any data science work, and it clearly reminds me of Copilot. And so you have this new, this interface, very loop-like canvas, where you 
pose a question just like you would with Copilot or any other uh, uh, any other type of uh, chat GBT type experience. I, I like the word Canvas. Canvas, yeah. I, so do I. And so you prompt, but you're prompting with that business first problem. And you're able to get the, your typical Copilot chat GBT responses. And they may not be so business relevant or accurate. So you're now able to add in data. So let's say you're looking at sales forecast data. Bring in a CSV, bring in a spreadsheet. And now you can start to interrogate that data or include it in your analysis with the prompting. So I made mention to that, that Jupyter notebook thing if you're a data scientist. And it's the type of thing where you can connect data and start fleshing out your hypothesis of the data to try and answer those analytic questions. And so now you're able to do something like a lightweight version of this. So as you're in your workspace, you're building up the hypothesis, you're giving the prompt, you're refining the scope of what that answer is going to be. You have interactivity in the workspace where you're able to drill in on points and reprompt. And what I like about this is it's not just that, you know, right navigation prompt that you might see in like one of the, the power platform experiences where saying add a new action or add a new control. It's like, no, this is like, I'm clicking on a particular point and we're going to expand and drill into it. And now you can start adding in further refinements, domain information specific to an industry or more contextual data. And so when you're playing around with this and clearly I'm just using like sample data or test data that I'm going and not doing any of my real work data in here, but you can get to the point where it's like, now I have the, the hypothesis posed. Uh, I have some answers with the sample data that I've provided. And I have a, a list of outputs that I'm going to action, which is the, you know, the, the main driver for all of these efficiencies is to take action and you know mm -hmm. add value, reduce your time wasted on other things. So it's that action part that I find so interesting. It's like, generate that email that I'm going to use for my sales forecast or tell me what an agenda for my workshop is going to be or give me some other actionable output where I can realize some value from this beyond just the cool factor. So I play with this for you know whatever time I have available, 30 minutes or something, and I can see value. But it, it brings me back to this point where I'm like, what is the future going to be of these large language models, these AI integrations, these co-pilot driven experiences, whether it's in the Microsoft cloud or other cloud experiences. And so I'm starting to think that this workspace, this pose, refine, develop and execute an action plan connecting to your real relevant business data is going to be an interesting future state. So I know I've been rambling there, but what are your thoughts when you look at that Project Sophia workspace and in the little time that you've had to, to view it. Well, yeah, and, and what's what's interesting about all of this is that uh, it, it's not like it's um, like it's just a set of features that have been released and they're out there and that here's something new. I think my even Microsoft's interpretation of these tools and how they work, uh, what they do uh, is is evolving and changing. I mean, you look at what was just announced um, publicly out there about what's happening with uh, Viva Topics, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're not aware, Viva Topics is being uh, uh, sunset. It's being shut down by Microsoft. And why? It's because 
um, the the work that they were doing there has now been made less relevant because of the AI capabilities and the way the new technology works. The other thing I was just, as you were talking, Norm, and I was thinking too of, one of the things I was most excited to see when they started announcing Copilot a year ago was this idea of opening up Copilot in Excel and a very dense, rich spreadsheet or multiple spreadsheets in Excel and being able to ask native language questions about the data. Like what changed over the last three months? What are the relevant points to my role that I should be pay attention to? Um, what are the trends that you see? So you're starting to get, you know, these small scale, I don't know how to describe it, you know, the, these visualizations and data points out of this complex data. Mm -hmm. So I look at something like this and I say, I said, well, I, I can see how, because I've got a canvas open in Sophia as well. And I'm, so I've asked some questions and it's giving me the suggested next steps. I can go in and, and, and modify my prompts to further refine the results that it's showing, which then affects the suggested next steps over on the right side. And what and when I say suggested next steps, so what Sophia is doing, similar to if I'm I've, I've got an Excel spreadsheet open, I ask a question, you know, about this. Sophia goes to the next step. It's not just answering the question that I asked. It's saying here are other potential outcomes or outputs of this. First, mm -hmm. at the top of that, generate an email draft using the contents of the block. Uh, second, exploring the features of Copilot for governance. So I, I asked a question about governance of Copilot and for it to outline what are the various components. Um, I just did a blog post that wrote it. That's why it was on the mind. I wrote that last nice. night. Um, analyze the management capabilities of Copilot. Understand the role of Copilot in an organization. So it it has these natural like next steps, almost like... Um, you know, a feature in search that I love in Google search is you ask a question and then it has like other related questions that other people have asked. And as you, and it, they're not always relevant, but as you click on the ones that are relevant, it'll modify the results and give you more accurate additional questions in context to the initial question that you asked. That's a similar way that this, this works. So it's providing that the next step. So this is why roundabout where I say that the, the, even from Microsoft, how they're building those features, I have to believe that they're rethinking constantly like that, that Excel copilot for Excel capability yeah. Yeah. a year from now, the way that copilot works at Excel could be dramatically different than what they initially released. Absolutely. Uh what I, what I think we're seeing or is being hinted at in something like Project Sophia are the, the recommended next steps and the ability to take action. It's nice to have insights, but you want those insights to drive action. So, uh, right. Well, that, that's know, like that, every, you know, it, I, I, it's like every listicle blog post that's out there. You know, like the the 10 things you should go and do, the 10 things you should know, the five things you should know mm -hmm. about this topic. And most people, like, you look at that, well, that's interesting. 
what do I do next? Yep. And, where do I start? Right. And so that that's the the difference between okay, I feel more informed about this. I'm no closer to solving the problem because yep. how, how do I approach this? And so the more the system can understand about you and your environment, your role, kind of those things, uh, and then make suggestions for next steps. Yeah, you know, I spent a I spent a lot of time in the analytics space, and one of the things that we would always love to say to a, pers a prospective customer or to start of a project is, yes, we're going to build actionable analytics, and it's just like it sells itself when you say those things. The truth is, like, no report has got a magic button that's just going to go off and like send off an email or take action in CRM or do whatever. It, it might, but I mean, that's a heavy lift for most analytics teams. So it's it's not unreasonable to think that, and I'm not suggesting that Copilot is like analytics, but it is like operational information when, or task information that you can start to connect the action to it. Like the plumbing is there, right? Like yeah. in Teams, in Outlook, in Microsoft Dynamics, like the connections are there. So let's say you, you go into Project Sophia, you, you take on this new way of working where you you go through the workspace, you plan uh, what your action's going to be, and you're not just going to do it from muscle memory, like you're, you're going to do something net new, and presumably that is going to be something that can be shared out to the broader uh, organization so that that value is retained and leveraged further. So to have these playbooks or these response plans all driven out by that initial research that a, the right person with the right domain knowledge is doing in something like a Project Sophia, and then that run book or that playbook, whatever you want to call it, is something that you can leverage out from Sophia, and then other people can leverage that value. At. Like now, you're you're getting into this massive return on investment in all of that initial work, where you were using these AI tools to add some value to do some of the things that maybe you didn't know how to do from a technical perspective, but it can do because it's it's machine, it's smart for that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But the the domain, the real world experience knowing the data knowing the data is so huge and important that people tend to do that the, the subject matter experts uh, and, and also having the the things that you can you can't program in everything that's happening in the world or in your industry or in your organization into a model i mean that's just too hard no that take at least a weekend of coding yeah i know yeah just a weekend <laughs> uh, thank goodness for those organizations like fiverr then we could get it done on a long weekend for even less Correct. so i i just see that and i and that there's going to be these connecting of the dots between our large language models, business data, uh, and an interface like Project Sophia that starts to tie all these things together where organizations really will get to that promised land where they're, they're realizing lots of value from this investment. Is it here today? Right. No, but I, you definitely see the, uh, uh, the potential in right. these types of solutions. It, it's uh, so again, like uh, so. I was sharing before we started recording uh, with Norm and I were talking about um, some of what we've been working on. One of the things that I was doing, um, writing this article last night. So I was looking at, I was, um, I had two articles. I actually wrote the drafts for them in September or October. Um, they've been sitting as I do. I I I write you know, 90% of something, and then it sits in one drive for six months. 
Um, well, your stuff is changing. So like I was, I was updating, so I was adding some co-pilot components to it. So I've got a three article series, but I, I asked questions in co-pilot and I had in another browser window, I just had chat GPT um, up and was looking at the differences in how they responded to these same inputs. And it was different. And I think because I've got, um, you know, I've got the full enterprise co-pilot license on my uh, personal tenant, my collab talk tenant. Uh, and I don't know that if it just, it doesn't know me yet, if I'm, I need to train it more on certain things, whatever, but I was not as impressed with the answers in copilot mm -hmm. that I got out of chat GPT, um, where I have some ongoing prompts where I've fed it and it's output answers and I've fed it more. And, um, so I was actually going through and copying, you know, and pasting the full articles into both and saying, use this, like ingest this, understand this context now answer the question um and, and you know playing around with that it, it, so where i see this this going we're talking about what the future space looks like again i i would expect that i log in securely to my environment that it understands the context of all the conversations all of my one notes all of the all of my data that's in my system as well as the meetings i'm having so I'm asking a question. It's being a for, informed not just on the generic data that's out there, but on the specific, the research that I've added into the system and answer that appropriately. Uh, that is what I'm waiting for. Um, I, you know, I, I want it to, I want to be able to have not just that this suggested the first step is go generate this email draft, but it understands my tone, my templates for a professional email versus a casual, you know, research related things. And so it might even prompt, does this, do you want this to be personal, casual? Do you want this to be professional to an external party? Whatever those things are. But that it, again, provides those next steps in context to the way that I work. So it's more and more personalized. Um, so those outputs better fit my needs. So I, I think that's that's where we're going. Yes, it's. I I, I don't know if it's. Uh... If there needs to be some type of confidence index or confidence marker for the the user to to know if they're going between different experiences, if the same level of comprehension or understanding of the the models are reflective of our data and our our personas in those space, I, I like that. Those are some serious questions. Well, that's, that's why doing the side-by-side, -side, look at the comparison, being aware of, that's why I, and, and this is something that I've certainly been saying since the beginning, and this is true with any enterprise application, any service, you need to understand how the tools work before you become reliant on them. I mean, understanding how the LLM's data is, is accessed and utilized, how, how the tools work should be something people should understand that before they yeah. 
again, say become too reliant on, on them. It, it's, it's a tool and you can teach it. You can train it. It can improve. It's still a tool. You need to understand it's, 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 uh, in, in fact, that was, um, there was, uh, uh, in fact, I heard it on a radio program this morning where they were talking about some AI results and somebody, one of the, the, the guys, one of the hosts was a huge history buff and pointed out, they asked a, a history related question and it generated some facts, which were hallucinations. Mm -hmm. And thankfully this, this guy knew he's like, well, that's not true at all. Like I know that I've read multiple books. I've written papers on that topic, which is why he asked the question. It's like, so we need to, again, understand that, you know, how the tools work and how to utilize them. You, at this point, at least, can't rely on everything that they spit out. That's a very significant point that you made. It is just a tool and we need to understand the, the right usage of it. And we cannot expect business users to do that. So they're their advocates and their respective IT organizations are the ones who need to look at that. And from my perspective, the whole world is, and the whole IT space is buzzing with the, you know, impending AI adoption of some form or fashion. And they're all trying to get ready. They're all trying to do the best that they can do. Yep. And again, it's, it's, it is so new, like we're, you know, we're both Microsoft MVPs. We're we're privy to some of the things that are happening uh, within Microsoft, and you know they're very attentive. We know they're attentive. They're responsive to hallucination reporting and all these other things, and they're taking action, and that's really excellent for the the long term product stability and improvement over time. But it's still new. Like, good. yeah, it's like, what? is it been a year? Just, just this stuff me, has really hit me. Well, yeah, well, a lot of the stuff. I mean, I, I may I go back to conversations I was having on AI and ML, uh, machine learning with Naomi Moneypenny back in like 2012. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that there's certainly been those people like Naomi that have been in the space for the last, you know, decade plus. I don't know where, you know, she's got multiple degrees in the, in the subject mm -hmm. matter. If you don't know Naomi, you should. She's at Microsoft now, but um, brilliant, brilliant woman. Um, but did she work um, with Viva Topics? Uh, she was working on a lot of that stuff. I don't know what she's w working on now. So I think she helped create Viva Topics. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. But she, I, I think she'd moved on from that and doing other things. Um, actually, I need to catch up with her. We'll probably see her at the MVP Summit. No, but um, there, there was a, again those the the radio hosts I was listening to this morning that I just talked about. I've been listening to for over twenty years, which is uh, amazing in itself. Um, still my, some of my favorite, just very, very smart guys, Armstrong and Getty. If you're not familiar with Armstrong and Getty, um, check out their podcast on Spotify. They are not a paid sponsor. I just love their show. Listen to them every day. But I remember one of them saying years ago, it just stuck in my mind. It's like the most accurate map is the one that is at scale, um, one-to-one -one scale. The problem with that accurate <laughs> of a map is that it doesn't fold easily and it doesn't fit in the glove box of your car. Yeah. Um, but it's the most accurate. Uh, so we want summarized data. I know I love the visual of that. Let's fold this map. Um, it's a 10 mile, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's, it's accurate. Yes. It's accurate. 
That's why I want a poll of, uh, uh, I want American, you know, like 340 million people to answer my, my poll. It'll be the most accurate about U.S. sentiment. Sentiments, so, um, no, but there's, there is so much that's happening. Um, you have to make decisions based on summary data, based on, you know, the, the, the best information that you have about it. That's, that's part of, you know, management decision-making is you have limited data. You do the best you can based on your knowledge, on your experience and on the summary data that, you know, that you, that you have to make a decision to move forward. Um, you can't wait until you have that scale map or the 330 million people responding to your survey to, to make an accurate decision on whether to move forward or not. And uh, that's something that I, love about like the suggested next steps in Sophia, Project Sophia and, and AI in general is that it's going and weighing what are other people doing, what are the responses they're selecting, you know, based on the context of your question, it's giving you suggested responses, not just based on the inputs you've given it, but based on data that would take you at least I would say an extended three day weekend <laughs> to come up to, not yeah. just two days, three whole days. Well, it, Norm, I, there were a few other things. I just want to touch on some other news um, out there. I mean, one, one uh, since the last time we talked, Microsoft, of course, when they announced Copilot for the enterprise, they had the 300 person uh, seat threshold. So you had to pay for at least 300 people in your organization to have Copilot to be able to be eligible to pay the $30 a user a month. Um, and you've got to buy it by year as well. Um, but they've removed the threshold, made it available to, for everyone. So I went out and purchased it. But there's also the pro plan. So there's the free things like in GitHub and Bing. There is the pro version, which is that personal version. Again, look at the chart to see what you don't get, but it's primarily... Uh, you don't get it for Teams, but you get it for all of the Office 365 apps. So PowerPoint, Word, elsewhere, uh, your email, which is incredibly powerful. So an Outlook. Um, and then with the Enterprise, I mean, you get it for everything uh, across the board and, and Teams. Probably the one that I'm hearing most people talk about is it's the stuff that it's doing. Like right now, I'm watching it over on the right side. Um, generating a summary of what we talked about. Um, so it's, it's got the outline. So it has the, uh, this, the bullets are co-pilot pricing and features, Project Sophia, Viva Topic Sunset. So it's, it's building the blog for us. But the other stuff, if you, if you haven't noticed, the Microsoft has done some tweets about it, is the copilot.microsoft.com site. Um, they've expanded that and it, I don't know, Norm. Have you explored that site yet? Are they calling that Copilot Labs as well? I haven't heard that, but maybe. But yeah, I believe that's another. It's a it's like a proving ground where you can right put so, your prompts in and it'll tell you what that's going to look like. So it has all of the latest ChatGPT four Turbo. It's got the Dolly three built into it, so you can you. Know, you choose a conversation style of more creative, more balanced, more precise. Uh, it gives you suggestions for all those things. It has 
designer built in. It has a bunch of other plugins there that you can add that extended even further. Um, but just like chat GPT, it, it collects all of your recent queries, all of your uh, prompts. And so you can go back and add to and extend on each of those things. But something that I like is the new notebook view. So it's done separately, but allows you to add your prompt into the left side. It pulls the results. And as you get those results, you can then go continue to add or modify the prompt on the left side, and it will re refine those results. Um, so again, that's why when you brought up like Project Sophia, I'm like, if you played with the new stuff, I mean, you, you're seeing, and it's Microsoft, so I believe these are likely completely different teams that have no idea what the other one's working on. It's the way Microsoft is the old battling business units, see who wins. Um, but they're, they're trying to do a better job at cross-pollinating. Uh, but anyway, very cool capabilities there. Um, there's other stuff. Uh, the announcement that uh, Bing uh, is uh, so the Microsoft Bing search engine is rebranded just to Copilot. So like, uh, so calling everything Copilot. That's not confusing. No, totally not confusing. Um, <laughs> so there's some other stuff. Um, you know, uh, there there's. Um, so expanding Copilot to, to all sizes, that announcement I'll have in the notes down below. There's a lot more conversation. There's a great blog post out there on January 31st about the right way to AI, which is a great conversation. I'm actually, I'm interviewing for the for the podcast, um, uh, VP Adam Harmitz uh, in a couple of weeks, where we're going to talk about the right way to AI and the, the change of the way that people are interacting with their software, uh, which is going to be a fascinating discussion. And then you have other stuff like there's, there's the new sales copilot, which I've not played with at all, but there's Microsoft Dynamics 365, Business Central, other integrations. So it's to, to say Microsoft is all in on Copilot and AI is an understatement. It's it's everywhere. So if you've not yet heard about your favorite product, your favorite tool set out there, um, be aware that changes are forthcoming across the board. And uh, That's a yeah. huge understatement. <laughs> it is everywhere. It, it, it's not that it's just everywhere. It's, it's just that it is the story. You know, the, uh, I know organizations are going to do their best to get ready for Copilot and look at their data and, you know, all the traditional governance stuff, lifecycle management stuff that they should do. <laughs> but I think the change management piece with the, the Copilots in the Microsoft Cloud are, are also going to warrant some attention on their end to get yeah. their people ready. Because it's, I'd like to think that in our space, you and I, and others like us, we don't mind technology change, but man, it's hard keeping up with all this. Well, that's why I penned that uh, that blog post. I don't know if you saw it of uh, how to keep up with Microsoft. <laughs> I'll add that link, folks, into the, the the link list as well. If you've not caught it, I, I shared my list of all of the places. It wasn't until I compiled it, com uh, compiled it, Norm, that I realized like how much that I'm doing on an almost daily basis, looking at the different pieces. And I'm, I'm not saying everybody needs to do all the same things, but 
um yeah it just gives you a window into the into my world of data consumption the mind of a madman so you're my trusted advisor in this yes. space so i'll read that blog i'll probably have to read it twice see that that's that's the uh the undercurrent here is that you find the people that you trust let them do the heavy lifting and uh utilize copilot to summarize yes I'll yeah. throw it into Project Sophia so I can get some recommended actions. See, that's that's what's missing, Norm, is like the old RSS feeders. I want an RSS feed directly of different sources into Copilot and then just give me a daily summary of those things. Product idea. I'm just saying, throwing that out there. Bad idea. Let's go to Fiverr when we're done this call. I'm sure it's already been done. There's probably a dozen out there we just haven't been aware of yet, but... Well, Norm, as always, appreciate your time. We'll get together again. I think the next time we meet, it'll be shortly after MVP Summit, I think. So have to go. So we'll, we may have some other um, news we can share and a whole lot of news we can't share <laughs> coming out of that, all the NDA conversations. Cool. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published weekly, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening.